Who are you? How would you describe yourself? What is your identity? Our identity shapes everything we do, whether we know it or not. Each decision we make is aligned with who we are or who we want to be. Identity is at the core of it all. All your financial decisions are based on your financial identity. All your financial outcomes spring from your financial identity. You have a financial identity. And it has a more significant effect on your lot in life than any goals you may have or plans you may build. Over the next few weeks, we'll explore how to change our financial behaviors. Today, we'll start by exploring our financial identity. I want to flush out a concept introduced to me in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you want better finances, there are three layers you could focus on. The blog for this podcast will have a graphic, which you could view at retirementorship.com slash 74. This is the 74th episode, so again, that's retirementorship.com slash 74. But for those of you who are driving or unable to look at it, imagine a circle. And you have a center circle and a layer around that and a layer around that. So it's three circles inside of each other. In the outer layer, that outer ring, you have outcome. Outcomes are what we strive for. Almost all goals that are set, financial or otherwise, are outcome-based. What are we trying to achieve? What are we striving for? What outcome do we want? Consider these common financial goals. Retire at age 62. Have $1 million in investments. Build my dream home. Buy a new vehicle. Pay off all debt. Pay for my children's or grandchild's education. What do these have in common? They are outcomes. They are the result of something else. Goals are great. I love goals. I'm an avid goal setter and a somewhat less avid goal achiever. I love quotes like, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, and goal-setting tools like the Smarter Goals Framework, which we talked about in our Victorious Cycle episodes. I have goals, targets, and plans for every domain of life. If you're curious to learn more about goals and goal setting, targets and plans and domains of life, we did a three-part episode on that back in December. You can find those at retirementorship.com slash 45. That's where they start. It's episodes 45, 46, and 47. So again, retirementorship.com slash 45, or scroll back through your podcast player until you find episode 45. So I love goals, but goals are not enough. Merely having the goal to retire by age 62 won't enable you to achieve that outcome. That's when we need to look inward. So if outcome is the outer layer, then the inner layer is input. Your input determines your outcome. Again, your input determines your outcome. It's good to have desired outcomes. You don't want to put all your time, energy, and money towards something only to end up with the wrong result. You don't want to climb a ladder only to find it's leaning against the wrong wall. Begin with the end in mind. But then it's all about input. As in, how much money do you put in your 401k each paycheck? How much do you put in your Roth IRA each month? What time effort, and competence do you put in to tax planning and reducing your lifetime taxes? Or how much are you paying a professional to do it for you? 
Inputs are the plans, tactics, systems, and actions you take to make that outcome a reality, or at least more likely. We need to have an outcome in mind, but after our desired outcome is in mind, we need to focus more on the inputs. James Clear writes, we do not rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. Again, we do not rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. The input is critical. The outcome is what we want, but the input is how we get there. But there's a deeper layer that is even more critical. The outer layer is the outcome. The inner layer is the input. But the core, the center of that circle, is identity. Who we believe that we are is at the core of all of our actions. If you want different results, you must act differently. Right? The definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result. We must act differently. We must use different inputs if we want a different outcome. And if you want to consistently act in a different way, you must change your identity to support these actions. Consider the act of smoking. Most people who smoke call themselves smokers, whether something they identify themselves as or a label that others use that they internalize. People who smoke, action, are called smokers, identity. Now consider two people trying to quit smoking. Someone approaches and offers them both a cigarette. The first one says, no thanks, I'm trying to quit. But the second says, no thanks, I'm not a smoker. Who do you think will be more successful at no longer smoking? The guy who identifies as a smoker who is trying to act in opposition to his identity or the one who identifies as that which he wants to become? How you identify with your money shapes the way you act with it and thus determines the results you will achieve, good or bad. If you are fond of saying, I'm so bad with money, you are identifying yourself as someone who is bad with money. You will then proceed to be bad with money. It doesn't surprise you when you neglect savings, spend more, and go further into debt. Why? Because that's what people who are bad with money do. And you're bad with money. If so, facto. Ditto for I'm so bad at saving money or I'm going to have to work until I'm 80. You will live congruently with your identity, whatever identity that is. If you want to change your identity, you must decide to change your identity. What if you started saying, I'm responsible with money? I make wise choices with money. I am a diligent saver. You can try and start with the outside and work in. You can begin with the end in mind and work backward to what you need to do to get there. I want to retire at age 62. Therefore, I must save 15% into my 401k. It's unlikely you will suddenly go from contributing 3% to 15%. Or you can start from the inside out. I am a diligent saver. What do diligent savers do? They pay themselves first. They don't fret away money on every whim or advertised trinket. Diligent savers put 15% in their 401k. I am a diligent saver. Therefore, I put 15% into my 401k. There are no results without action. 
There are no outcomes without inputs. But what is more likely to change your actions? An external goal dangling out in the future or an internal identity driving you from your core? There is more to your financial identity than explicit I'm bad with money or I'm a diligent saver. Suppose a significant part of your identity is that of a hunter. I'm a hunter. What do avid hunters do? They buy guns. Lots of guns. They buy ammo. Hunters buy deer tags, dog whistles, and duck blinds. They buy hunting land, hunting cabins, and hunting trucks. More gear, more guns, and double all of it if they are also a fisherman. Why do they spend so much money on hunting and fishing? Because they are hunters or fishermen. And that's what hunters do. All the hunting magazines, websites, and YouTube channels tell them to do that. They act according to their identity. Or suppose you are a shopper. You love shopping, and you spend thousands of dollars per year shopping. You don't spend the money to invest in a few quality items to enrich your life and the lives of those around you. No one uses most of the items you've bought. They're buried in the closet or in the garage or, God forbid, in your storage unit because you ran out of room in your closets and your garage. You spend the money because shopping is the experience. It's a journey, not a destination, and that's what shoppers do. Or you are a successful business executive. Therefore, you buy high-end suits, gold watches, and luxury vehicles. Why? Because that's what successful business executives do. These identities are maximized when you do them with like people who share the same identity. You hunt with your buddies, and you're always showing each other the latest in your arsenal. Or you shop with your girlfriends, and you're always in the latest styles. Or suppose that you work and consort with other successful business executives and you drive what they drive and wear what they wear. There's nothing wrong with hunting, shopping, or working in business. But when actions morph from something you do to someone you are, they have an enormous impact on your behaviors. Your other identities shape your financial identity. Some identities cost a lot of money by default. Being fashionable means you must have the latest fashions, which change what, hourly? If you're a techie, you always have the latest smartphone, smartwatch, smart TV, smart thermostat, smart vacuum, smart dog, and smart everything else. Being a car guy basically guarantees you'll be poor because cars are so expensive. If these identities are stronger than your diligent saver identity, you will continue to spend money on your identities instead of saving money for your identity. It's time to vote for a new identity. Instead of trying to force yourself to act contrary to your identity, change your identity or change the priorities of your identities and then act according to the ideal identity you want. I am a diligent saver. Therefore, I will increase my 401k savings by 1% because that's what a saver would do. Then do it and then do it again and again and again until you reach what the ultimate goal for diligent savers is, 15% or whatever you have established. When you act according to your aspired identity, you are casting votes for that new identity. When you see yourself acting according to this identity, it reinforces the identity. Confirming your identity encourages you to continue to act out that identity, and it becomes a victorious cycle. Of course, the opposite is also true. 
If you believe you are bad with money, you will continue to save less into retirement, spend more on your credit card, and buy items you can't afford. And these behaviors will cast votes for the identity of someone who is bad with money. You don't have to be perfect. The identity with the most votes wins. Choose the identity you want most and cast a majority of your votes for that identity. Instead of a hunter as your primary identity, perhaps you desire to be a wise and caring dad who hunts sometimes. What would a wise person do? Would a caring person do this or that? What would a good dad do? Hunt during hunting season, but cast more votes for those other identities during the rest of the year. Instead of a shopper as your primary identity, you simply choose to be a minimalist. You see the heaps of old purchases all around and calculate how much money you've spent on items you never use and decide to change. Now that you are minimalists, what do minimalists do? They read or listen to books on minimalism and listen to podcasts on the topic. Minimalists downsize the junk. They are intentional about their purchases, and they have other hobbies and experiences other than shopping for shopping's sake, and they save boatloads of money in the process. What do you want as outcomes? Who is the type of person most likely to achieve those outcomes? What current identities conflict with that desired identity? You can choose today to be someone new. Act according to that identity, cast votes for that identity, and it will become your true identity. Behavior change with finance or anything else takes place at many levels, but it begins at the core of who you are, your identity. If this was interesting to you, I encourage you to pick up the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. We'll be exploring more of the concepts from that and interspersing other concepts from finance and other books and places that I've read, but Atomic Habits is one of those books that I recommend highly. It's a book I read every single year. It's among a few, very few books of the few hundred that I've read that I can say that about. So if you haven't read it, it's a must read for basically anyone who can read uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Otherwise, stick around. We will be covering many more of these topics over the coming weeks and how to change your finances for better. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership and has a host of benefits all for free. For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income, on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information, and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait, so join us now at retiremembership.com, where you can click in the link in the description, and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers.
This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.